What's up, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the TWC Stay Hated Podcast. We're changing the format up in this bitch. So I haven't done a podcast. Uh, well, we've, I've done a couple for the Patreon page, but I haven't done um, a full podcast in several weeks. Um, that was sort of by design and sort of not by design. What I was finding was, or what I found was, um, it kind of got stale as far as like same questions, you know, as far as like big people in powerlifting, I'd had most of the, like, you know, the big hammers on and anyone who was going to say yes to coming on had already said yes to coming on. And instead of recycling those people right away, I'm trying to change the um, format to a little more conversational and sort of uh, after being on the elite podcast, I kind of found that people while guests are awesome and I, I plan on continuing to have them. Like a lot of people sort of vibed with like a longer winded version of, of me and, and me being able to speak. Whereas there's a lot of people, they only experience me as a, like um, the person who is interviewing someone and short, like one minute clips on Instagram. So trying to like kind of change it. We're not doing intros, just kind of giving you a little background on like, where we're going with the podcast, what I want to do. And I don't think it's going to be an every Friday thing. It's going to be a, when I feel like I can put out content that I fuck with, I'm going to put them out and we're going to just try and put out as many as we can. Sometimes that'll be, it might be twice a week. It might be once a week, it might be twice a month. Um, but I'm not going to force out content. Um, I'm just going to put out quality shit. So that's my spiel. Uh, on this episode, I am joined by a buddy of mine, uh, Brandon Bergen. He is the owner of Barbell Bills. Uh, we met uh, several years ago when I was training in Cincinnati, um, and we've kind of had this like cool relationship where um, we've been able to like bounce off ideas off of each other and talk about business and like all sorts of shit. So I'm I'm wicked stoked to have him on the show and kind of like pop his uh his podcast cherry um and get him talking to people about what he's about so i'm stoked to have him brandon how you doing today buddy good man thank you very much for having me yeah you're definitely right as far as the uh our relationship's been um kind of all over the place training partners just homies at some points you know business stuff kind of doing everything it seems yeah man it's sick like i really have enjoyed watching you kind of like you know, like I watched you kind of gain your confidence in lifting. It seems like, yeah. you know, you know, I saw you level up there. For like sure. I, I watched that. I was around for that, and and then watching you kind of do the same thing um, with business has been fucking sick too. Because I get to like sort of uh, live through those like exciting moments again that I got to have with <laughs> yeah, trigger warning, sure. and like, and then also kind of like be around for like the oh shit moments too which i want to get into with you um but like let's give some people some background on you dude so like as far as like lifting goes mm -hmm. um like how old are you now like wh like what uh when did you start lifting and for what purpose gotcha so i'm uh, i'll be 31 in two weeks uh, i started lifting weights when i was i guess probably about 20 um i had done a little bit in high school with not much efficiency uh, but I graduated high school, like sub 100 pounds 
And I just, I never had like, I feel like I never had anybody take me really seriously. I never really played. Like I was never big enough to play sports. Yo, um, hold up, hold up. People need to hear that. This, my man's graduated yeah. high school at under 100 pounds. Yeah, man. I was, it was like, it was like <laughs> always the joke, man. Like everyone, like in early high school is like, oh, Burton's going to blow up. He's going to be six, five. He's going to be whatever. Cause like my dad and uncles are tall and stuff. And then it just never happened, dude. I just like never got bigger. Like it was tough. So. But yeah, uh, so uh, I started lifting once I got to the military, kind of for the same reason. I was joined at like 120, something like that, and just didn't really feel like I was being taken seriously. And uh, I just felt like the way to change that was getting the gym. Yeah. So like those, did you have like a, um, cause you're, you're like a scrappy dude. Like you're, <laughs> you're a calm, like you're a calm guy, but I've seen you get turned for a minute before. So like, yeah. I know you've got that. So I guess like being, cause Everybody kind of has that, like, when they started lifting weights and shit, like, uh, there's, like, always, like, a chip on there. Like, it's either athlete turned lifter, yeah. right? Or, or, like, you know, maybe, like, someone who, like, couldn't get laid, so they wanted to get <laughs> jacked, or they or they, or they got picked on because they were little, so they wanted to get bigger, or, like, whatever. Like, right. were you, like, when you were that 90-pound kid, like, were you scrappy like that? Like, did you have that, or did the weights give you that the weights definitely helped me with that um the military helped me with that construction helped me with that so growing up man I was like I was just always kind of like um I don't even know how really to describe it like I was I wasn't scared necessarily but I knew at my size my the reality of how I was gonna fare in a fight you know what I mean so I wasn't you know that's just kind of how I was um but once uh, once I got into the military, like I said, I, I mean, then you're like, you're an adult. It's like, it's no longer just a kid, like, oh, I'll get bigger. Now it's like, no, I, if, if I want to change, like I need to be the one that, you know, makes that happen. Um, so that kind of started once I did get a little bit bigger because I needed that, like, um, I needed that little bit of edge to, to lift, you know what I mean? To push the heavier mm-hmm. weights just because I feel like I'm a smaller statured guy anyways. So uh, I just try to, you know, take myself mentally there when I need to be. And that definitely transferred over to like my personal life and that kind of thing. It just kind of brought that piece out of me. It's always been there. It's just something that like now with the confidence, I have no problem letting somebody know how I feel at that moment. You know what I mean? So. <laughs> I love, no, I love that. Like, like, like you as a person, I've, you've always been a fucking straight shooter to me. Mm-hmm. And yo, this motherfucker, I got to tell a story. So I, when we went down to sweatshop, um, when we first went like well Val was training there and then I moved down like I'd gotten kicked from West Side or whatever and and when I first came down there it was like I was kind of like the big dog in town at that time oh, like yeah. you know like I showed up and it was like all oh, the West Side guys here yeah. and you know whatever I mean, there and, was a buzz about it before you even came down like we were all talking yeah. about it <laughs> yeah so like and I, like that gym had been known to put out like a lot of really strong females not many super like competitive males that's kind of changed since then but like at the time it was like yo the guys got stoked when they beat the girls at something because the girls it was all like world record holders and shit and that was real life top the line you know so so we go down there and there was kind of like you know like you know guys that were kind of like fanning like kind of up my ass a little bit they wanted to be around me and brandon just kind of kept his distance i remember you just like kind of you were like around but you were you were kind of like on the outskirts watching. I remember I, I did one squat there and I asked you to film it for me. You sent it to me. Didn't like say anything with the text. Mm-hmm. Like 
you just sent the video. You didn't yeah, man. I, I just like, I don't know. It's just like how I am. I was the same way. Like I said, like in the military, I just don't fake it well, I guess. And uh, I just didn't know you that well. So I wasn't going to fake it. Like I wanted to be your friend. You know what I mean? Bro, like, it's you, just yo, it you, were, you were fucking like not trying to like be, try to be cool with me at all. Yeah. Like, and that was awesome. I loved it. I remember I said it to Connor at the time. I was like, I'm going to watch how this kid moves. And I like, maybe he'll train with us. Right. Like yeah. I like, I was like, I like that. And then I, we were talking about it and this is coming around to a point, but like we, we you and I were talking about it and I was like, I said, I said something about that to you. And you said, you were just like, well, like I wasn't, I didn't need to be your friend. So I wasn't going to just try to be your friend for no reason. And I was like, fuck yeah, dude. Yeah, like man. this kid's sick. I was like, I respect that. So you, you, to me, you've always been a very like proud chest, like straight shooter, but it's like early on, like being smaller like that. It's funny that you said you were like aware of how things might go for you if you got in like a scuffle or a scrap or whatever. Oh, yeah, for sure. But it's funny because like I, I never, I never got that vibe. I always got super confident vibe from you, super like I can handle my shit type of person. Right, right. Um, and that's cool because it's like the weights, you know, taught you that. Well, you know, military obviously, but like lifting weights like teaches people that confidence were you like when you started lifting weights that got a little bigger like were you scared of weights like the bigger ones like when you were 90 pounds trying to squat like 200 pounds or whatever were you like fuck man this is scary that's one thing that i've never been it sounds ignorant it's uh i've never been scared of the weights i've never as far as like i mean granted like the heavier squats and stuff when i pick them up it's like okay like it's, it's more of a respect thing but i've never necessarily been scared um, sure. the first time it, that really entered my mind was, uh, was putting gear on. I think it was my first heavy bench. Like that feeling in my forearms was like, okay, this could like, this could <laughs> do something to me. You know what I'm saying? I still have this little frame, you know what I mean? I'm trying to bench, you know, five plus, uh, was just like a crazy thing for me. But, um, but yeah, you weren't, yeah. You didn't like have to like, it was more of a respect thing. I, I know that like, for me, I've always been like, I am scared of big weights. So for me, like I've always been that way. And like part of my process is like the fuck it. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? And for me personally, so it's interesting to hear that. I remember like when you first started coming around up in Columbus, when we came, when we went back up there and you were training with night crew and stuff, um, there was like a, a transition in how you addressed bigger weights, especially on bench. Oh my God. Yeah. Um, because it was like, I, you get like thrown to the fire. Right. Yeah. So like when you came up there and it was just, it's just like, I remember like, just to give people some context, like Dave was taking 10 weeks off. <laughs> Brandon had just gotten, Brandon, Brandon had just gotten the invite to train with us. So he's coming up. Me, Kovach, Val are not really allowed to train full bore. Yeah. So it just, it just turned into like you training and us yelling at you the whole time yes man that i genuinely <laughs> believe that's when my lifting took i was like uh i still consider myself a run-of-the-mill kind of mediocre power lifter but i think that's when i took my step from being like i'm okay to being like i've done you know i'm gonna do some things halfway worth talking about uh as ignorant sure. as that might sound but those first few weeks yeah were brutal dude i just remember <laughs> like driving up there it's like you know that hour and a half drive it's like all right man so you get my ass handed to me for the next few hours and you're just gonna take it like that's all on you can the, do on the friday nights dude i just remember being like there's i have a video on my phone i'll have to send it to you but it's like 
you you must have had a couple hard sets before then and I filmed it and you did a good one and I was just like I like yell like sandbagger and then I'm like you just earned another set oh, dude yeah. like <laughs> <laughs> Yeah dude. that shit was sick though to watch like that shit was sick to watch that can you like uh can you kind of talk about like um you know you, you said you kind of started lifting military and mm-hmm. you know in high school and stuff like that what what brought you to to powerlifting did you go straight to because you were at river city for a minute and then ended yeah. up at sweatshop but like how did that all go yeah so i started like i said and uh, i started just trying to get bigger when i was in the military and that was mostly like your typical like bro out like bench shoulders triceps just trying to get my upper body big i was squatting though i knew like the importance um and I didn't have the same way, like I was saying earlier, I didn't have a ton of friends uh, when I first got into the military. So I just spent a lot of time watching videos and reading articles and different things uh, like bodybuilding for the most part. And then in 2013 uh, was my first deployment and it was kind of the same way. It's like I had really I'd been lifting for a couple of years consistently and I just wanted to I wanted to put it towards something. And so uh, for whatever reason, man, I found deadlifting was just kind of my thing. And when we were deployed in 2013, I had a group of guys that we were all just super dedicated going to the gym. If we weren't working the flight line, we were at the gym. And, uh, it's funny. Like I left that trip, like 145 pounds, uh, 390 deadlift. And just like, like you're saying, just chest tall, just like, I'm a dog, dude. Like, you know what I mean? So, um, but yeah, so right after that, um, like I said, my love for deadlifting had kind of transitioned to watching a lot of YouTube videos. I had found West Side. I had found some different, um, you know, channels that I was watching consistently. And uh, there, I didn't find a lot once I got back to Kansas, though, like uh, actual competitions, because I had taken it to the level that I was like, all right, I want to do this and get a total. You know what I mean? Not sure. just tell people what I have in the gym. And um, so long story short, I moved back in 2014, had continued lifting. And uh I found um, buddy of mine, Luke Starnes, through some different gym, local gyms and stuff, started training in a garage at a Coring Barbell. And uh, shout out Luke. He's kind of what got me going um, raw. And I uh, did my first competition in 2015, June or July, something like that. Wait, so, so you started – so you kind of like – your powerlifting started in like a garage, like club gym type thing? Uh, Yeah, 100%. Like <clears> – <throat> I don't want to say like invite only, but invite only, like you had to get invited to, uh, to come over and hang out, um, on like a Saturday morning. And then if he liked you, you could hang out and train during the week. Uh, Luke was a dog, man. He's 132 pounder. Um, has all, he had a bunch of different, um, like American records in the squat and he's just like the bulldog mentality. And I think that's, he taught me a lot just about even when, uh, he's had two hip replacements and he's like mid thirties. Already, I mean, he's he's definitely been through it. Um, but he taught me a lot as far as just the even when it sucks, just showing up kind of thing. But yeah, it was very much like dirty garage, whatever we could find, mismatch weights. We did have a squat bar, a comp bench, and a deadlift bar though, so we we had the the competition stuff. But um, yeah, from there I moved to like the commercial or more commercial style gyms like uh, like River City, and then on to sweatshop. Dude, it's so yo, it is fucking hilarious for and you're you're not the only one that does it, but for people like in Ohio, yeah. if 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 you say so any gym that's not at someone's house is a commercial gym. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, that is like, kind of true, it's, yeah. It's wild. <laughs> like like bro, like a fucking to like someone out here in New Hampshire, if they saw 
sweatshop or um like even tiger or fucking or or river city like they would think like hardcore strength gym yeah they would never say and it's funny because everybody out there like if it ain't in a garage or in someone's basement it's a commercial gym and it's like (laughs) out here it's like there's a very definitive line of like okay commercial gym has sauna and all the plates match and all the thing and then strength gym is the other thing you know what right, i mean yeah for sure uh, but it's funny how you kind of like go full circle There's right because like yeah you want you almost head back to that like it's like you come back around we've talked about it it's like we train at our gym right now but that's because at our gym in the evening it's it's pretty slow mm-hmm. so we have our crew there but if it was a crazy gym i would go back to wanting to train in a garage yeah and you kind of like go through that cycle, right? Yeah. Like it's like uh, everybody kind of ends up in a commercial gym, gym and then you kind of go back to your roots, which is more or less what, what you've been doing at least part-time. 100%. Recently. Yep. I train yeah. four days a week in uh, in a barn now. So, And it started, yo, another fucking epic story. I know this video is somewhere fucking mid-COVID. You're training in like a holler or something. I don't know what the... You're training in... It looked like a... It looked like a hallway between two bathrooms of like a gas station or something. And there's fucking... There you are. Like, I think it was that you like your first four plate bench or something raw or like... Yeah. So that was... uh, That's the old um, cistern in my house. It's uh, it's just like a storage area that I turned into... uh, I had just... I literally just had room for a slim um squat rack a deadlift platform and a bench press yeah and you're right yeah i benched 405 for the first time and about came out of the place it was nuts lost lost his mind (laughs) and it was sick dude it was sick because like uh that was like we we were still you know we'd known each other for a little bit but that's when we like really started fucking with each other and like getting to know each other real well so i remember like knowing what that meant to you to to bench that and like having your bro hand it to you and all that stuff like and to set the set the you know, the scene a little bit. Um, it was, I bought this bench side unseen. a buddy of mine picked it up for like 200 bucks. It's like, there's no adjustments to it. This is like super like in-home gym bench. You know what I mean? Like it's no comp yeah. style whatsoever. And then my brother weighs about 120 pounds at this time. And he's the <laughs> one that handed it off to me. So it was like, he doesn't deadlift 405. You know what I mean? So right, it's either yeah. get it or, or yeah, figure it out. So, but yeah, yeah sick. That- I love that. It's so funny because like I had a similar situation where it's like the first time I benched five plates raw was fucking Val handing out to me during COVID in a garage (laughs) where we're like, we're like, okay, like the bench I was on, it was, um, we ordered on Amazon. I put it together with an L wrench that came with it. Yes, Like it was like (laughs) like this piece of shit bench. And those moments, like I, I remember seeing those moments, like you squatting in that small ass place with like squatting to like a like a tree stump or something it you was, had like a piece like a wood like it was a I don't know paver. What that was. yeah it was like this old paver i found in my backyard it was like the perfect box height and i'm like dude like i see that shit and i'm like it makes me question how much i love lifting weights <laughs> because i was like i don't know if i would do that like i was like this fucking kid's crazy so i like i loved i loved seeing that stuff and i feel like that was like <clears throat> really kind of like the beginning of this like big uptick that you had um like with your business with your personal life with you know what i'm saying yeah. like with I, I think your wife was pregnant at the time uh or you had just had the baby or so, it was like right around that time and i remember and then it was that and then the fucking 
training together, like coming up to Columbus. And like, it seemed like everything was kind of in a big uptick for you as a whole at that point. Yeah, for sure. Um, Well, that whole kind of time when I was training with the night crew, like my life was just kind of like exploding, like in a good way. Um, You know, training. Lots of stress. Yeah. Good stress to, to um, somewhat, I should say anyways. I mean, I was, the big thing during that time was uh, I was working for a company um, as a project manager, just crazy stress all the time. And uh, but training was going super well. And I had gotten a lot of confidence in that. And um, I just kind of started to question um, a lot of the formalities of that kind of company. And uh, uh, it, an opportunity presented itself in uh, 2021, April 2021, um, gave me an opportunity to separate myself from the company. And like you're saying, kind of gave me that extra juice to uh, go ahead and try to make something happen. Uh, on my own. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And uh, my wife found out she was pregnant three weeks after I quit. So it was definitely <laughs> one of those situations. The last year and a half has been pretty stressful, but uh, it, dude, it's opened my eyes to um, the possibilities to say the, you know, to say the least of, I never in my life thought I'd be where I'm at at, you know, 31. And I got a long way to climb obviously, but definitely on the right track now. Yeah, man. I remember all that shit. I remember when that, all that stuff was happening. Yep. And I, I remember being like, dude, like just keep doing the right shit. Yeah. Like it's stressful, but you're going to be fine. Like everything's going to be, it's going to be all good. And like, just keep doing what you're doing at, at the time. Um, barbell bills was not, I think maybe you had like conceptualized it, but you hadn't made anything to, to move it forward. Yeah. That, um, that idea or were you was just like fucking around with it at that point. Well, the idea was kind of born um, in like the summer of 2021. And okay. I had, uh, I had started personal training. Um, so I was doing that and I was go- back in school and it was kind of something while I was doing nothing. I had a little bit of extra free time here and there. And um, it just kind of came out of fulfilling my own need. Uh, I was wanting some different hats, uh, something to represent my lifting. I've worn hats every day of my life since I was in middle school. And, uh, you know, as well as anybody, as far as the stigma with everything in powerlifting is black. <laughs> so yeah, uh, yeah, as far as garment wise anyways. And, um, I just was just looking for something a little bit different and I called you about it. And, uh, I think we talked for like 30, 45 minutes about it. And I started an LLC the next day. So I love that. Yeah, it's been really cool to like uh, watch the growth and watch you like figure out how you want to run your company and how you want to like integrate your life and your like authenticity into that. Um, what was the like? What was the process like to come up with the name? Like, like how is that? Because it seems it's always seems everybody that, that noise you're making right now, where you're like, ah, fuck, like that's everybody's reaction when you're like, how'd you come up with that name? It's like always some weird story it's, or like, you know, something off the top. Like, uh, it's it's funny. I literally, um, <laughs> it's just, it's literally a barbell related hat or barrel related product on a hat. Didn't want to call it barbell hats bills you know bill on a hat barbell bills that simple i love it super simple yeah like (laughs) i've questioned it myself a couple times like man you probably could have come up with something a little bit different but it says exactly what it is so 
No, hell no, dude. I love it. Like it's straightforward and um, it's like bold and, and I, I, I love the emblem. I love what you've done with all that. Um, kind of speak on those, those first couple months. Like yeah. I remember we talked about the big thing with you is like, you got to pull the fucking trigger. Like we gotta, we gotta just, you gotta do it. Right. Mm-hmm. So like, what were those, uh, like conceptualizing, figuring out who was going to print them and, and all that stuff. What was that like for you? There was a, man, that was, um, I would just say my first six months was, was just straight up learning curve. Like I, I made so many mistakes. I made so many rush decisions, uh, rush decisions that I didn't think were rush decisions. Like hindsight is always twenty twenty. but looking back this first months, I'm very grateful for because, uh, I made a lot of mistakes that I needed to early. So yeah. I had like gone and gotten some printed. They just didn't turn out very well. I wasn't, I was, it was to the point where I wasn't even comfortable with like, putting them out because I was just like, this, these aren't, these are not what I don't want these to represent me. Um, and that experience losing money is, this is my very first hat run. I mean, it was the, it was, we had done the idea, put it all on paper, made sure it was all going to make sense, order the first hats and they're complete duds. So it was like, all right, what do I do here? And, um, I ended up kind of in the meantime, ordering another run through a more reputable company, Um, that was my very first run that I actually released, did really well on those. Uh, but in the meantime, as I was, you know, kind of figuring it all out and, uh, I guess forecasting for what was to come for us, I was just having trouble with, um, like invent, like how much inventory I was going to have to order and, uh, just to do something different. It just wasn't making sense financially. So long story short, uh, I started looking into what it would take for me to do these. And that's kind of where the embroidery thing t- took off. And that's kind of what the importance, the one thing I would kind of like made sure I want to like bring up as far as barbell bills is that the idea that it started as is not what it is today. Like it is still really? in a sense, but I was just looking to do like put out some cool hats, you know what I mean? Reasonably yeah. priced cool hats. That was it. But it, it presented itself more as like, I wanted to put more of myself into it, take more pride into it. And it looked like this was a body of work that like, I don't have to rely on anybody else to do for me or put it out there or anything else like that. Um, so I went and started looking at buying uh, sewing machines and, and uh, yeah, so here we are. Now I have a commercial grade um, single head cap driver machine and doing all, everything in house now fucking sick dude i yeah dude like i i remember that uh that conversation that we had when you like sent me pictures of like the new hat yeah and i was like i looked at val and i showed her the pictures and i was like man i don't want to have this conversation right now like i gotta fucking you know because you knew you you knew right like it's not like you didn't know looking at him but i was like fuck I, i can't lie to him i gotta tell him the truth and it's like Man, those are whack. But that like, was are- <laughs> that was huge for me, though, man. To be honest, like, uh, I mean, I'll I'll be straight. As soon as you told me that they like, you know, weren't great, the first thing was like, man, what the fuck, dude? You know what I mean? Yeah, like, this of, is of not, course. you know, this sucks. But you kind of let the like uh, that first like run of adrenaline, as far as like being excited about them, wear off. And I'm like, yeah, man, these are garbage. These just aren't good. And um, that conversation we had though was was probably one of the most important I had because some other people, because they know that this is my first time, were kind of, oh, they're not, yeah, they're not too bad. Like my dad is always, you know, 
cool as hell. He bought a few of them just to, you know, just to kind of appease the idea. And, and he knew that I was sure. not stoked on what had gone on. But um, I just knew moving forward from there that that just wasn't going to cut it. And so I needed to take things kind of into my own hands as far as if I wanted to control that quality and make sure I wasn't going to lose money every time. Yeah, man. And that that's like a huge step because the – the thing that people have a hard time with now, and I've seen it, dude, since I started like fucking <laughs> selling t-shirts, man, like and doing apparel, like I've seen some motherfuckers come in and think that they're just going to be able to like instant gratification, put the fucking t-shirts up, sell them, have the t-shirts be trash and have people keep buying them. It's like, yeah. no, man, customers are smart. Yeah. Customers don't want, they do not, but fucking people do not like, you'll have some people that want to support you, but like, there isn't even an expiration date on that for sure if your product is junk and the like whole like instant gratification of like throwing a mock-up you know a digital mock-up of something up and having people give you money for it is like really sick until you send them their shit and it sucks and it's like you can only get you only get to do that once you know i've had (laughs) like you know i I had i had some that i lost my ass on um I had a, I, you probably remember this, but I was putting out, I was putting out banners, socks, um, and three different t-shirts and I was going to be a big drop. And I had only taken out like one of each shirt to throw on for the promo. And then I'm looking at them and I'm like, what the fuck? So they hadn't cleaned the like square press. Uh, okay. I was going to say, I do remember you telling remember- me about that. I couldn't remember what the problem was though. Yeah, it had like a square around. You could see like the outside of the press. And I'm like, man, I can't sell a $27, $28 (laughs) t-shirt. I I called – I remember I called the company and I was like, listen, dude, like this is unacceptable. Like, you know, I've been going to you for a while or whatever and this is fucking terrible. And they're like, oh, try throwing them in the wash. And it's like, well, I wouldn't wouldn't go to to a car dealership and buy a car that had mud all over it and then be like, oh, go fucking – go through the car wash like are you crazy yeah, that's like, a why yeah it's just <laughs> that, wild, ain't, that ain't how this works right. so i remember sitting there stressing and and val was like i was like thinking about putting them out and val was like dude you can't like th- this is garbage so i'm like all right fuck this like and i'm like how am i gonna do this and what i did is i i leveled up again like i called the dude above me with the more experience i called Corey, oh, Corey yeah. gregory and i was like dude I, what the fuck do i do here and we started talking and I'm like, I could, I could do a pre-order. And we kind of like put together this plan where I was like, all right, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to make another video. I'm going to say, listen, like, I know you guys wanted these. We're going to do a pre-order on the same day. It's just going to take longer to get your stuff. But I didn't want you guys to buy this and be upset with right. the quality. And and what, you know, what Corey explained to me is like the transparency of being like, these aren't good and I want to give you good stuff helps like helps show people that you're serious yeah for sure man it's authentic it's not just blowing smoke the whole time right yeah and well yeah and it helped honestly dude business wise you know like yeah i I sold way more shirts than i had bought in the first place right (laughs) i did way better i did way better and um it was one of those situations where you have to pivot and like like you did like being in business for yourself you don't have anyone to pass the buck to. Yeah, dude. I mean, <laughs> it's like, yeah, I mean, a hundred percent. That's what I've really leaned into that piece of it, to be honest. Like I've, I've taken my professional life, you know, very seriously. Um, and being able to work for myself and like everything I do is, you know, direct impact on like just me 
you know what I'm saying? Like is yeah. impact on like what my future looks like. And, and all of that has been huge uh, because that's one of my biggest, my biggest issues with, you know, with working for somebody obviously is just diving, you know, into it, putting all the time in. And then it's just kind of like, well, what was the reward really? You know what I'm saying? So. Right. But, yeah. Even if you get to, even if you get to punch out at the end of the day, the end of the night, like you take that shit home with you yes. and it's not your shit. Yes, man. Yeah, exactly. Like it's, there's a difference like laying up at night, not being able to sleep or your mind's racing and you're thinking about your business. Mm-hmm. Like it's frustrating cause you can't fall asleep, but at least it's your shit. But it's like, if you're sitting there thinking about like dreading punching the time clock on Monday <laughs> and it's, and it's Saturday night, like fuck that. Like, yeah. I, you know, and uh, I, I watched you go through. It's like scary, dude. Like you've got responsibilities to people. Like you know, you've got a wife and a son. Like doing the entrepreneurship is like a scary thing. Like, do you feel like an extra amount of of pressure with that? Because I know, like, where I stand. Like when we moved out here, it was like you know, Val Val could take care of herself in Ohio. Like she made really good money right. doing what she was doing, and and you know, I was making good money doing. What I was doing the cost of living was down. Then we come out here, and it's like. All right, babe. Like this is kind of my dream, but I need your help. Yeah, and, like, I better fucking come through with this because otherwise, like we're fucked. You know? Yeah, for sure. Um, do you feel that sort of pressure on you? Um, I definitely do. I put it there um, on myself just because I, I feel like I want to provide everything I possibly can. Um, but dude, my wife is is just the absolute sickest. We, her, and I have had numerous conversations even prior to when I, I quit my job that. Um, I didn't just quit. Like we, that was kind of not an, uh, that was something that we had already discussed. And, um, so when it happened, it just happened a little sooner than we were planning, but she's been 100% supportive the whole time. And that we kind of had a very similar conversation, what you were talking about. It was, we were looking to find sitters for my son. And, uh, by the time you broke all the finances down, it was pretty much the same for me to stay home a couple of days a week and watch him and then him and only go to the sitter a couple or a few days a week. And then I get to spend more time with him and it just kind of all worked out like that. Sure. Um, so I definitely do feel a little bit of extra pressure as far as getting the business going, but at the same time, it's like, it's, it's not the type of pressure. Like it's not as much negative is, is, um, you might think because I feel like this gives me an opportunity to show Benson that like, you don't have to ask a motherfucker for anything, dude. Like, yes, it sounds and I'm not just I'm not just saying this like my dad is one of the hardest working people I've ever met in my entire life. He's gotten to incredible places with, you know, high school education only. You know what I mean? And he just he has mm-hmm. a, a crazy work ethic. And I just want to show, you know, my son that you don't like you can have that same work at work ethic, but you don't have to work for nobody. You can do it all for yourself. And I want him to grow up like seeing that it's going to take crazy work. You know what I mean? It's going to take that kind of work ethic to make it happen. But I feel very privileged to give him that opportunity. Um, and I feel very privileged just in general, you know what I mean? To be able to uh, chase my dream and work for myself. Yeah, bro. And uh, you, there's a couple things, right? First of all, because you'll be able to show him that, yo, dad's got to work late hours, but dad's never going to miss your fucking baseball game because I can put the computer down and I make my own fucking hours. Yeah, man. Not asking nobody for time off. And that's real, right? Mm -hmm. And so, uh, like, dude, like, we went to Vegas last year. I surprised Val with a trip. We got there, walked around for an hour, 
We went up to the hotel room. I said, I need just a couple hours real quick to just bang out some work on my email. Val was like sick because that computer is what's allotting us the ability, like uh, like giving right. us the opportunity to go out there, right? Yeah, for sure. You, just, you bang out that work real quick and, and it's like, can't be mad about it. The reason it's sick is because I can get this done and then go on with my day, right? Right, yes. And, and then the other thing that I've noticed just in this conversation, it's been, th- I think it's been two or three separate times. You have said, you've used the word opportunity for something that some people might look at as something that might be a pain in the ass. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And I love that. And I think that's so fucking sick, dude, because it's like a mindset that takes a long time to fucking get there. Yeah, and I'll be honest, I feel like I've considered myself uh, probably mostly a pessimist most of my life. Um, Mm -hmm. and I'm not just trying to pump tires or anything, but obviously getting older experiences, you know, all the different things contribute to it. But, um, I kind of had that realization a few years ago that like, if I ever really, if I ever really wanted to get, you know, where I want to be, like, I'm not, it's only me that's going to be able to make it happen and, or that's going to have to make it happen, I should say. And I started leaning into, um, the things that were going to help me get there as far as like my different, you know, habit changing and that kind of stuff. And that was kind of right around when you and Corey had gotten, um, acquainted. And I mean, Corey's podcast is, it was huge for me right off the rip, just like, cause I felt like it was something I could relate to and I hadn't found anything that was like, I don't want to say like a smaller scale, but these guys, like I went to their gym for my bachelor party. You know what I mean? Like they're right up there in Columbus. They're not like this unattainable or untouchable thing. And um, so I started listening to his stuff and then the conversations you and I had. uh, I won't say, you know, I definitely have my good days and my bad days, but I really do. I just try to wake up and win the day. It's like if I go to bed, like, yo, I did everything I could to make it the best day I could. I, I that's all I can do. Yes, dude. I fucking love that. That's so sick. I, I, I fall out of that sometimes and you like try to um, be grateful uh, for like another day to like put in work mm-hmm. and it's, it's hard to like to get to that point sometimes. You might get like – like you said, good days and bad days. But as long as you're like aware of that, you know, like everybody has the shit days. Yes. But it's like trying to, to push the meter and and not allow like – the shitty day to stop you from getting your shit done. Yeah. And I think that that's like been a big change that I've had since like, cause like I still, I consider myself like a lazy person. And Val always tells me I'm crazy for saying that. She's like, right. you're, not, you're like the least lazy person. And like, but for me that like paranoia of like, maybe I am being lazy, like keeps me disciplined and keeps me moving forward. Um, but it, it, that doesn't happen without those bad days where you push through and that like teaches you something. Right. For so sure. it's like, it's very easy uh, when you first start working for yourself and you've got a little bit of a cash flow, mm-hmm. but you've got in the beginning, you've got a, like a, almost more free time because there's only so much stuff you can do. Right. Like when you're just starting to send out the emails, when you're just, and then yeah. you kind of got the, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, you're dude. like, okay, like, I've just here we go. stood in the office some days, just like, all right. I don't know what I should be doing, but I feel like I should be in here. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. yeah like, so, but it's easy to get lazy, right? Mm-hmm. Like in the, it's, it's easy to be like, fuck, like, 
well, I'm having a shitty day, so fuck it. I sent an email, and it's time to, you know, yep. whatever, pop, pop an edible and watch a fucking movie yep. or whatever. And it's like, <laughs> For sure. it's like, no, like, you know what I mean? Like, you can't be uh you can't be that way when you're working for yourself and something something core like this is just like the tell everyone how awesome Corey is podcast but yeah. he is he's <laughs> fucking sick and so, whatever dude like that dude's fucking he's the he's man tight, yeah um but he explained to me like when he first started doing the real like strong entrepreneurial stuff his wife who had always had a like a paycheck job okay um he explained to me that like People who have those types of jobs, they tend to be a little more pessimistic with their outlook because they can kind of just say, fuck it. So like if you're walking away from uh, your job or whatever and it's a frustrating day and whatever, you can just like – and there's a problem. There yeah. comes a point where you get to just go fucking whatever, dude. Yeah, I mean and, like, you can literally say problem. that's tomorrow's work. That's tomorrow's problem. Like, I mean, yeah, I heard like, that how many times? I'm, I'm sure you heard it on a construction site. Yeah, it looks good for my house. Yep, exactly. Like, <laughs> so, but as an entrepreneur, like, we are not, like, afforded that opportunity to to be pessimistic because we have to problem solve, right? For sure. Like, you have to. There's no, like, if you got that first bunch of hats back and and they weren't good, right, and you were like, whoa. Someone better figure this out. You would just have a you you would just still have a bucket of hats that you couldn't sell, and yep. you would be back working some job that you didn't like. A hundred percent, hundred percent. Yes. <laughs> so, like, try to figure out, try to figure out, like, how to, um, like, problem solve and stuff like that. Like, I know coming out here, you know, Val's handling the the back end of the business, like all the uh, she helps in the in the gym too, but she does all the paperwork and right, stuff. Right. Um, I don't have the patience for that. She's a fucking saint for dealing with that. <laughs> That's a lot, but, man. Um, little things used to stress her out, right? So, like, you know, two, two or three people's cards don't go through, and it would be like a stressful thing. Yeah. And now she can handle it in ten or fifteen minutes because she elevated to that point of like, okay, problem happened, cool, non-emotional response. How? What's the first step to make it better? Yep, right? yep. being like, solution based. Yeah, that's a great way to put it. Or like um, Kellen, Dave's girl, like said to me one time, I forget what was going on. It was some wild shit, right? Oh, it was when we moved into that crazy house in fucking Covington for a night. Okay. Uh, I remember she just said like, you got to shoot the closest shark to the ship, right? <laughs> so whatever, you know what I mean? So yeah. whatever, you can't fucking worry about anything past that. It's like, what is the first step yep. towards fixing this? And I think that's probably like the hardest, one of the hardest parts of the entrepreneurial like lifestyle. Yeah. I mean, if you think about like where you, like where you want to be in five years, that's like a, that's a daunting thing. You know what I mean? It's like, oh my God, I got to do this. I got to do that. I got to do that. But it's just like, like we've talked about it before, just taking baby, baby, you know, bites of it, you know, one bite at a time. And then like, like you said earlier in the podcast, we've had numerous conversations like, just pull it, dude. Stop, stop overthinking. <laughs> just pull the trigger. Yeah, so. that's a it's a that's a hard one to learn. I've like done that before when I was. I remember I was really self conscious about putting up the Patreon page, mm -hmm. and we probably talked about it at the time. Uh, but it was like one of those things where I was like, so like, I had everything laid out. I had the <laughs> promo video filmed. I had everything set up, and Val's just like, "Hey, dude, like, 
just fuck like <laughs> what are you doing like who cares like and i think cody also was just like my guy like it doesn't cost you anything to put that up yeah nobody signs up for it no it's all doubt. good like who fucking cares and um and that's been that's been cool to watch you like sort of um figure out that the confidence that you have with the lifting of the weights and all that stuff yeah. and your interpersonal stuff figuring that out with your with your business um as far as like the ins and outs of barbell bills you got this embroidery machine mm-hmm. it's like it's this dude fucking the thing is i look at it and it puts me in a mental pretzel like looking at dude, like the little bit that I see. when it showed up i was like ooh. I might have overdone myself here a little bit. This is, I don't know if I'm going to be able to figure this one out, but it's really not too bad. Uh, how long did it take you to get it? it? was like eight months or something like that crazy? Yeah, so I started the process in April of last year, and it landed at my house in December. Yeah, dude. <laughs> yeah. It, it was like, like – Everybody like got to hear that. Like yeah. Everybody got to hear that. That's like – you know, I remember you being like, it's in the United States. Yeah, man. And that dude, I mean, it's in like California. You, you figure all that stuff out and then like software shows up. So you get like these little like tastes of it or whatever. And then yeah. the worst part is, is like, it shows up and like you said, like turns your brain into a pretzel. It's like, now it's off the things. Like, I don't know how to use it. You know, <laughs> you know what I mean? So it's like, now I just have this big expensive thing that I can just look at for a little bit, you know, until the tech showed up and got it set up. But how have you uh how has like the learning curve been for like the technical aspects of of well, doing that cuz it's like a physical skill but also there's a creativity aspect to it for sure like um in in I will just give it this disclaimer I when I I never intended on starting an embroidery business but here I am and so that's just kind of how this all went but I did all my front end research like I was very very uh diligent about making sure that I understood what mach- like what uh, grade of machine did what I didn't want to buy something and then not be able to do like to be limited with my creativity. Cause I, that was kind of defeating the purpose. So sure. this uh, machine is like the top of the line. It's like next, like the top level as far as um, like commercial grade. Um, and I just, I went through a couple like online classes. I went to the, uh, the person I, I bought it from the dealership and went through some trainings and stuff, but then I just bought some t-shirts and some hats and, uh, started reading the manual and just clicking buttons. And, and here we are, man. So, um, it's, it's, it's not like the craziest thing to learn, to be honest, but there is far more involved with it than I ever thought there would be. I mean, um, just all the way down from like, you know, thread weights to like how to, um, how to thread the machine and the different, um, types of garments that it can do and stuff. But, uh, the one thing I'm, I'm, I'm glad I did was buy the, this level of machine because it, it does things that I don't know how to do yet. So, you know what I mean? It's going to take me a while to master it. No, that's sick though, dude. And, and like, it, it's funny. You're like, it, it's not you say there's like not a lot to it, like learning it. It's not this crazy, but it is, it's like one of those things where like, yeah, physically, once you know how to do it, it's not crazy. But like same thing with like changing a fucking tire is not physically demanding, but if you don't know how to change a tire, it's a fucking nightmare. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what my wife, (laughs) she always tells me, she's like, you learn so much like in just two months, like give yourself a little bit of credit, but kind of what you were saying earlier, it's like, yeah, but this isn't just like, oh, I learned something today. So it's like, nah, man, I think this is what I'm going to do. So like learning is what I have to do. It's not like a plus, if that makes sense. Like, yes, it's awesome yes. to make progress, 
but that progress is a must to, to an extent, you know what I mean? Like if I'm going to make this happen, I have to understand how this thing works and, and be able to do the, you know, the different things it can do. No one can fucking save you, bro. Exactly. Like that's exactly no one can save you. And that's like, so I, I like kind of relish that. Like, I, I, I like that there's, there's days where like, I like, that's like something that like, I get off on that being like, yeah, I'm not asking a motherfucker. Yeah. It. Like, <laughs> yes. hell no. Like I figured this out all by myself. Like I'm doing this, like, fuck this. Like, and it feels really good when it, when you make it happen. Mm-hmm. Um, but it also can be like kind of lonely in, 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 <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, like hundred percent, it, it, it can be like where you're just like, you know, for me, the thing that the thing that's probably made me want to pull my hair out the most when it comes to like just the ins and outs of my daily shit is the my fucking label printer. Okay. Yeah. For like print just like it's like, you know, saying it's not connected. Yeah. Saying that it is connected, it's not printing, it's crooked, like I'm gonna fucking go crazy. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, when the electronics aren't working, dude, it's like <laughs> what is happening? Well, that's and, and you're sitting there by yourself. Yeah, in exactly. a fucking in, in, in a hoodie, in a hoodie, in a poorly lit office, pissed, yeah, like mad, sweating or whatever, and it, it's definitely like a lonely feeling. But it's like one of those things where, as soon as you hit the start button and it works, as soon as you get the garment back and it looks good, it seems like every second of frustration was worth it. Yeah, um, it kind of like similarly to lifting, where it's like. No, dude, I don't want to do reverse hypers. I fucking hate reverse hypers. I never want to do a reverse hyper again until my third deadlift at a meet gets out in front of me and I can pull it back in. 100%, and then I'm like, yes. Thank God I did those fucking reverse hypers. Dude, 100%. Yes. Uh, I feel like it's the same sort of thing. Well, speaking of lifting, bro, let's, uh, dude, let's talk about this fucking injury you had. <laughs> Yeah, um, you didn't know I was, you didn't know I was going to bring that up, did you? No, I didn't. Uh, <laughs> so I'll just real quick. I'll not set the scene, but I had biggest total I ever had um, in twenty twenty one, or no, yeah, twenty twenty one, September twenty twenty one. Went twenty one hundred first pro total. Amazing day, nine for nine. At, at what body weight? Two sixteen, I think something like that. Yep. Uh, the next year or the next uh, meet was in. April, I bombed out of that, my very first bomb. And then I set myself up to come to north of the border and uh, took my opener. And my neck had been bothering me during the warmups. And uh, it was like, it wasn't, I don't want to say like swelling, but I could, I could tell that like um, something had kind of changed in my, like the upper part of my back and my neck. It was almost like it was a little bit inflamed. And uh, I took my opener got called on a technicality. And then when I went out and took it on my second, when I picked the bar up, it it's the only way I can describe is it sounded like twigs were snapping, but it was, and I was losing the tightness in my upper back. Like I was whole, I was pulling as absolute tight as I could, but I could feel like the, like me losing tightness the whole time. And the pain was just crazy. And I was like, well, like, fuck it. I'm going to try it. Anyways, we just got to get through this one. Then we'll get to the bench. And as soon as I started to descend, I thought I broke my back. It like the pain shot down through my, uh, like through my spine. And so I, you know, yelled racket, they get the bar. Um, and that was when the real pain hit was as soon as it like deloaded, it shot down both my arms, uh, and down like into my hips. 
and uh, it ended up being um, a brachial plexus injury. So it was uh, some cartilage like in my like neck, I guess had uh, had contacted like my my uh, like nerve system in my neck, and that's okay. what sent the like crazy pain down. They, they, I'm sure I screwed that up as far as like, you know, what actually happened, but they can, they, uh, compared it to a like really, really bad stinger in football. Um, but I still have swell. Like I still have, I don't want to say swelling, but like, uh, like nasty cartilage and stuff from it that I can feel kind of move around when I squat. Dude, Um, it was gnarly. Cause I, I set you up on the bar Yep. and then I came off to the side to call your depth and it came out and I'm and then like, it seemed like it came out squat command. And then you just started like yelling and I was like, (laughs) Oh fuck. Like he, like what just fucking happened. And I remember just being like, you know, like uh, the first thing that went through my mind was like, and I don't know why I even thought this is such a weird thing, but I thought I was just like, his wife's going to kill me. Like I was like, (laughs) she's going to fucking kill me. Like I was like, I was like, Oh my so I, I remember just being like, man, like, you know, I remember thinking like, you know, she's, she's like been around this world, but she's not like of this world. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? And being like, cause to me, I'm like, he's fine. He's standing on his feet. He's yep. going to be okay. For sure. But it's a really scary thing to see someone go through, uh, especially if that's your husband, you know what I mean? Yeah, I mean- and I remember being like really worried about that. Cause I'm like, this one, he's going to be fine. Yeah. Like, he's fine. <laughs> Where's this girl at? Like, is she okay or whatever? And then kind of like helping you get off the platform being like, I remember being like, man, this is, this is bad. Like yeah. something bad just happened. And then it, then it sunk in that I was like, he's fucking hurt. Like trying to like yeah. get your canvas off and being like, man, he's fucking hurt. Or I don't know what's going on. I couldn't like turn um, my head or anything still. So there was still like some, I mean, we were to the point where we were kind of asking around like, Hey, is there going to be an issue if he turns his head? Cause there was still like some question of maybe if I had broken anything, um, sure. because of like I said, the, it instantly swelled like crazy. Like I said, I couldn't really move. Uh, I could walk, but it was just like super slow. But like I said, I couldn't move my head or anything. You um, had like reverse, you had like reverse bar bite. I remember like yeah. you sent me a picture like the next day and like normally there's like the divot after the rear delt that there's like a divot between like where your spine is like going like left yeah. to right across towards upper back and you just had like, it looked like there was a barbell under your skin exactly. from shoulder to shoulder. Just looked like, like an inch and a half, just like tube across my what back. The f- fuck is going on um so did you actually tear anything or no no um we originally i went to one place and they thought i had possibly broken a couple ribs um but i ended up going to another doctor uh which i'm blanking on the name of now and um that was when he told me he thought it was just a uh, brachial plexus injury and wanted me to just kind of monitor it and gave me some stretches and some different things that i still do now uh but I never followed up with anything because my son was born like I think two weeks later, something yep. like that. So that just took the back burner. Um, and yeah, never, never have gone back. Honestly, just been stretching it or doing the stretches and doing the little things that he, he showed me. And you, what was the weight that you did that with? It was like seven, something 755, 755. And then, uh, recently, you sent me a video of you kind of fucking around with what was that seven? Yeah. I, uh, after I had gotten injured, I had, I had a really hard time letting go of 
lifting heavy for a while. So I did a, I just kind of pushed it and did some dumb stuff and just didn't really help myself. But then I took, um, eight months off where I didn't, I didn't put a suit on, um, or knee wraps. And then I just took one last Saturday and I took seven to uh, probably two inches higher. So something like that. Um, yeah, but it's not about the depth, bro. Right. At right. This point. It's about just like putting just it, getting on it back on my back. shoulders. Um, but yeah, I took three in knee wraps, which was sick. Um, my dad's helping me uh, on my squat days now, which has been kind of cool teaching him the kind of ins and outs. Cause I, I don't come from a, a line of lifters whatsoever. So uh, sure. get my dad involved been pretty sick, but he was, he was pretty stoked to see me um, put some weights on my back again. Yeah, man. That's awesome. Do you have like uh, you know, we kind of talked about it a little bit. Um, you know, if, when you were out here for mm-hmm. the meet, uh, you got some plans like to lift some weights. Again, yeah, or I'll be, I'll definitely be back as far as uh, like competing um, this year for sure. Probably looking like, uh, May or June for my first one this year. Uh, Sick. but I have some goals. Like I'll be back. I'm back into like normal training, my normal split and stuff. Um, but now that my son's a little bit, uh, a little bit older and, um, schedules have slowed down enough to allow it. I'll be back in my normal, uh, like competition cycles. Hell yeah. Dude. Yeah. I'm really yeah I, was, I was so excited. Uh, when you, when you told me that you were like wanting to get back into it. Cause it's, it's tough watching a homie that, you know, like really deeply gives a fuck about lifting weights. Yeah. yeah. Ha- have to have to take a step away. Um, but like, dude, like it's really cool. Like it's really, I was really excited when you said that shit to me. Cause I know like the business has been growing, you know, obviously your family grew, you know, like, yeah, personal to all that stuff and so i'm really excited to like see you lifting the weights again um and like really getting after every time i get a video from you i'll see like you know you see the caption before yeah. the video is like oh i did this or whatever. and it's like every time i'm like fuck yeah like i'm gonna open that when i have a minute to like really look at it yeah, and, I, appreciate um, that. I love that and so um as far as uh like the barbell bills and training and the family, like how, like for me, it's really difficult for like to, to schedule time and Mm -hmm. to figure out where fits, what fits where, like, how do you kind of like, um, cause you're, are you still working part-time as well? Like at a normal job? Yep. Right now you got a full ass schedule. Yeah. So I, I still work three days a week. Um, and that's, um, like that's kind of doing what I used to do uh, in construction or whatever. I'm helping helping a guy out of uh, three days a week. But like I said, then I'm I watch my son two days a week, um, and then I also am doing the business, the entrepreneur, the uh, embroidery thing, kind of just whenever I have time. But I do have like what I do is uh, I try to section a lot of my time out. So like in the mornings before my son gets up, that's an easy time for me to get up get everything I need to get ready and spend a little bit of time um, on the embroidery stuff. And what that does for me is it just helps calm my head a little bit. So when I have to go, uh, you know, to my job or go or I'm watching my son all day and I don't have an opportunity, I don't have these like things just kind of sitting on my brain. Um, Mm -hmm. So I do that. And then um, communication is everything with me and Samantha, as far as like just getting dinners and and getting to the grocery store and like, you know, getting to and from the sitter and just all of that when I'm training, when she's, you know, working out and all of that, it's a lot, like, I'm not going to sit here in front, but it's, uh, um, same way as earlier. It's like, 
are you going to do not do it? You know what I mean? What are you going to do not try? Like, you yeah, that's it, the, so. that's the best. It's like, you're going to figure it out. Yeah. I mean, like, you know, you fucking have to, or what are you not going to like? Exactly. Like, what are you not going to lift weights anymore? Get the fuck dude, out of exactly. here. Exactly. <laughs> I had, that was a hard one with me. Cause I didn't want to let go of like the typical, like powerlifting split. But when I was working sure. through all that, it was just like, all right, man, just lift weights to enjoy train, it for a little bit. Yeah. I never quit training. Yeah. Uh, it just yeah. varied when I was training as far as like during the day. Yeah, and that's it's hard. Like, obviously, training in gear is like very difficult. Yeah, um, to do that well. So check it out. We're gonna do a different um, thing that I haven't really done before. Okay. Um, so I did an AMA on my personal page, and there's some questions on here that, like, I think probably we could both have some insight on. Okay. So. Um, I figured we've been fucking – you've been doing this for a long – how long have you been competitively powerlifting? Got to um, be like eight or nine years. I've been competing since 2015, so this will be my eighth year. Cool. Yeah, so some of these are like really sort of right up your alley, like uh, you know, suggestions for improving sumo deadlift off the floor. Gotcha. And to, to me, I'm like positioning yeah. basically, you know? Um, uh like for me, it's like work on your positioning and likely scoot your feet in. <laughs> yeah, I, I think the biggest thing with the sumo deadlifting is uh, hip position. I think when people are learning it, a lot of times they want to sink into it, almost turn it into like a squat kind of. Mm-hmm. And it's just a different thing. Just my mm-hmm. opinion. Yeah, too low. It's like you yes. want to have like trying to say that to someone though that's like you want your hips as high as you can be. Without, Without sacrificing. <laughs> <laughs> um, so let's see here. We got a couple other ones. Uh, <laughs> Cody asks, "Why is squatting too wide such a big problem in multiplied?" I have my I have my thought on why culturally people squat too fucking wide in multiplied. Do you have any thoughts on this? Have you has this ever crossed your mind? Uh, like why the why is it so rampant that you see people and you're like? Too wide. Oh, I th- the reason people squat so wide, I think it's it's taking everything just to the limit. It's like, well, I put these briefs on and I, you know, push out wide, so I just need to be touching the monolift. But you know, <laughs> I'm a super narrow squatter, so uh, or more narrow than most, I should say. Um, oh yeah. But I definitely, when the weights go up, I can I feel myself start to want to inch out. I think it's like a it's a compensation thing. Right. Yeah. Like try and get more out of the briefs. I I think that people look at Chuck and Laura. Oh yeah. And go, I want to look like that. I want to squat like that. And it's like those two are like freak of freaks. Yes. Like you 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 do not have the mobility that Laura Phelps has and you're not as tough as Chuck Vogelpool. And I'm I sorry. say I hate to like <laughs> say you can't, but like you're not as mobile as Laura and you're not going to be probably. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> she is next level. Yeah. Dude, that's like one of the things from training down there is like that woman probably has the most effective movement patterns i've ever seen in my fucking life it's like watching a like, robot dude it's it's, it's insane crazy. it's the same thing every time it's like yeah she's incredible to watch under the bar that's like uh yeah it's like one of those things where it's like if you get to a point where you're that technically proficient you have the easiest job in the world because you just have to get stronger <laughs> yeah yeah very but, true. but getting to that point is like so fucking difficult yeah um, so I had a question on here. Someone asked, um, how to train in gear, uh, 
when you don't have training partners and if you like if you don't have anyone to assist you and i know you've had some like pretty solo ish sessions yes um uh, so like what would you what would you do as far as like if you had to get in a week's worth of training mm-hmm. and you didn't have anyone to help you if i didn't have anyone to help me uh well i so i have a monolift in our barn that we train in so I can kind of rig that up to make box squatting work. I just typically, um, I usually drop a plate off of whatever I'm doing to start okay. just to see kind of how that's going to, cause you're doing your, whether you want to admit or not, your, your movements are going to be a little bit different, especially once you get to the top, you're going to have to figure out how to get that thing back into the rack or step yep. forward or whatever it is. Um, as far as deadlifting, you can do, you know, pretty much on your own. Uh, setting straps, I will say has been a tough one. I've, I've had some solo sessions in there, like set a strap, try to get it on and like, get so mad. I just rip my fucking suit off and leave. Like definitely had those before. (laughs) Um, and the bench is the other one. That's a, I just won't risk it. I won't even set pins. None of that. It's, I just, I don't know if maybe I'm just spoiled having trained with, you know, some of the people I've trained with. It's just not the same. If if I need to bench at, you know, just for example, say I need to bench 100 pounds and the best I'm going to be able to do based on the circumstances is, you know, 65 or 70. There was a time for me where that like made sense. But now it's like I just need to be an efficient lifter. I don't have time to come in and just, you know, kind of fuck off. No. Yeah, I would say deadlift you can obviously do by yourself. You're not putting straps on by yourself. It's just like yeah, it just doesn't make habit. sense. Yeah. Uh, you could definitely squat with like if you have the rogue hooks or if you set up your mono or, you know, uh, if you're used to walking stuff out, you can walk stuff out. I just wouldn't use like chains or bands or whatever. Um, and then the the shirt, it's like, I don't know. Like, could you get your wife to hand out? Like, yeah. you know, <laughs> like, 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 you know, like there's always a way, you know, do you have – one friend who could come over and help you put it on if not get a fucking really loose shirt or a slingshot i was gonna say a slingshot would be my recommendation past that you know because you can kind of like take it out by yourself a little bit um oh this this is fucking really good one uh thoughts on motivation and whether or not it's required to advance in business and lifting that's from my homie zach that's a that's an interesting one and 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 to me, it's like it's really easy to sit here and say like, oh, you just need discipline. You don't need motivation. <laughs> and it's like, okay. Yeah. And that's great. And that's a really cool sound bite and yep. whatever. Yep. Uh, but I think it's a little deeper than that. For sure. No, I definitely <laughs> do. Uh, I think you got to find – I think the motive – I mean it's – I don't know, not to get too crazy with it. But I think the motivation or the word motivation just gets a little overused. You got to find like what it is that kind of motivates and drives like you specifically – Um, but I think, I think it's everything, you know what I mean? I don't think you necessarily have to be crazy motivated every single day, um, with the business stuff, but you have to be disciplined kind of like you were saying. Um, but you shouldn't wait, especially at the, like your job, you shouldn't wake up every day, like having to just pull yourself out of the weeds. You should definitely have some days where you're like naturally on a high, you know what I mean? You're, you're kind of self-motivated anyways. Sure. Uh, but as, as far as lifting goes, um, Oop, you cut out. Oop, can you hear me now? Uh, well, there you go. You're back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry. Um, You're good. as far as the lifting goes, um, 
I think it's obviously the same way. It's important to have your like purpose, what you're driving for. But uh, I will quote Laura Phelps on this one too. One time we were in there training and someone was complaining about the music. Uh, and Laura was just like, yeah, if you need choice of music, you're not, you know, that level of lifter. And I, that just kind of always stuck with me. And <laughs> yeah. I just think there's like that, like you just have to have that dog a little bit sometimes where it's like, all right, this sucks. I don't want to do it, but I'm going to do it anyways. I think I was there for that conversation. The first yeah. time that I handled the first time that I handled 700 pounds in a bench press, uh, was in the morning when the girls were training at sweatshop with Whitney Houston radio. I yes. remember it being like, <laughs> I remember just being like, I remember just being like, well, it, it, it's happening. Like, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> this is what it is. That's hilarious. Uh, he, that there's definitely like, I think with motivation, you have to be able to, it's more like a revolving door, right? Like your why stays the same, right? Like yeah. why you're doing all this stuff stays the same, but your motivation on that day could be something different. So like for me, it's like I wake up – sometimes I wake up and I'm just like – I wake up and I'm like I'm going to give everyone and everything that I do today the very best that I fucking have, period. The fucking end, that's all you're getting. Deal with it. Like I'm fucking stoked. Yeah. (laughs) And and, You know, like whatever. And then there's other days where I wake up and it's just like, okay, I have 50 emails that I have to get through. (laughs) I have four clients – Val's leaving the gym early because she's got class tonight. I'm going to be there later. I'm fucking slammed. All this stuff, right? And my motivation to get through those emails is the more focused I am on these emails, the more time I'm going to have to sit down and eat my lunch before I go into the gym. Yeah, true. And that's my motivation. My motivation is that. And then when I sit down to eat, it's like my motivation to not fuck around and 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 just slowly eat this is like the faster i get this food in me the more food i'm going to get in me for the day the better i'm going to be off for the next yeah little wins that makes sense you know what i'm saying like being able to kind of pivot your uh the motivational stuff because i think people get stuck on like i need to be motivated to be the best lifter ever all the time and it's like (laughs) no not really dude like sometimes my sometimes my motivation to go to the gym is literally just to prove that I don't give a fuck and I'm going either way. Yep. yep. Like sometimes that's it. Like sometimes my motivation is just because I said I fucking would and that's so I'm just going to go ahead and do it. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, that's what I mean. It's like you just got to have that little <laughs> piece sometimes. Yeah. I love that though and that feels good too because it's like you turn it into like at this point and I don't know if you've gotten there yet with Barbell Bills yet but like trigger warning to me is just – it's just like brushing my teeth, dude. Like mm-hmm. – Sunday morning after I train, I'm going to film Mental Monday. I'm going to film Mental Monday Extended. I'm going to post my programming. I'm going to finish up the programming that I have for my my clients that are outside of my Facebook group. I'm going to, you know, right, like right. It's just, it just is. It's the same way. Like you don't fucking sit up in bed and go like, oh, man, do I really have to go? To that? <laughs> yeah, like, exactly. No, you just get up and take a fucking piss, right? It. It's yep. just part of it. And I think being like a self-starter – is like super important. I think it gets put on entrepreneurs more, mm-hmm. but and people who work for themselves. But like, dude, if you're a self starter and you're and you're a, and you're working a normal nine to five, that's going to bode well for you too. Oh yeah, for sure, for sure. You know, um, uh, low back, reverse hyper, or good mornings. Mm. <laughs> you're, you're like fuck both of them. Yeah, I'm just kind of like, <laughs> God. You, Either way, fuck I mean, it, I do them both, but I don't love either. 
Yeah, I I like so I think building a lower back. Good morning. Yeah, that's what I would have said. You know, like when I do my reverse hypers, not like, dude, I fucking, I I spent two years doing the reverse hypers at Westside with the two hundred pound plates welded to it. <laughs> with the, you know, like I don't want, you know, like yeah, I was doing them one day, and Louis looks at me, he's like, he said something about like. Something about how he bet that I I couldn't do fifty reps unbroken. Okay, on a reverse hyper, and I was like, I fucking can't. And I started to walk away from him. He's like, Ah, oh, see, you're walking away from. <laughs> but I was I was walking away to get this little like piece of foam. Yeah, because he always talked about how if you squeeze a piece of foam between your knees with your reverse hypers, it's harder because it like lights up your adductors. Okay. And I was like, fine, fuck this. And I walked back over, put it between my knees and did 60 and then went outside and, and puked. But like, so, <laughs> so, so I've, I've done, <laughs> I've done enough of the reverse hypers for the strength building. Now I just do it to like make me feel good. Yeah. And, um, but with the good mornings, I think would build, and I've never been a fan of heavy good mornings. Yeah. I've always gone like more like reps. I was going to say, I feel like I'm piggybacking on you now. That was the only, my only other input was just that as my trainings progressed, I feel like I don't do as many heavy good mornings anymore. I like to do uh, like sets of like six to eight, something like that. If I'm going to go heavier. Yeah. yeah. And that feels good too. Cause it's hard. The rep range is fun. I just feel but like my form stays where it needs to be. When I get heavier, yes. it just, I don't know, it just kind of turns into, I don't know, I just don't, it just doesn't feel good either. And I usually am like sore in ways that I shouldn't be the next couple of days. Sure. Yeah. Um, let's see. I'll pick one more from here. Uh, all right. Um, where'd that go? I just saw it. Let's see. All right. What's your, for my, my dude, Lee Bob, what's Gucci? Um, What's your advice for someone that's about to compete for the first time? I got my shit. Mm-hmm. What's your shit? If someone said, because your bro did his first competition like last year or the year before. He did. Yep. Sure did. That was really What's, cool, by the way. That's the same brother that uh, was handing me out. I don't, I don't want to just throw shade saying that he was smart or he, he's about it. He went out and competed and everything. So um, <laughs> no, as far as first competition, I would say it's going to be the, the, the cliche, like just go have fun. But just go and observe would be my biggest thing. Um, obviously, pay attention to what you're doing, but pay attention to the people in your second and third flights because they're generally going to be the ones that are, you know, have been there a few times. And you'll you'll just start to pick up on little things. And uh, not to just put myself on blast, but like I wore my singlet to my very first meet. Like I put it on at the hotel. <laughs> I put clothes on over it. Don't you know what I mean? And I didn't have it like on. It was folded down, but still. It's like, I wish someone had been like, my dude, chill out. You'll put it on once you get there. You know what I'm saying? Um, but yeah, just just pay attention to the people that look like they've been there. And it's really not that hard to to figure out. Yeah, for sure. I Dude, my first meet, I went, I'm sitting there and I'm like, let's fucking go. Like, so excited. They do the rules meeting. I'm like, yeah. And then I warm up to my last warm up. And then I look and I'm, I'm in the third flight. <laughs> You're like, so I, oh, I fucking have to sit there for two and a half hours, like fucking, <laughs> and then re and then rewarm up. Right. Uh, yeah, I would say first meet. First of all, just pick one and do it. Fuck it, doesn't matter. Pick one, doesn't matter if it's four weeks or four months from now. Pick it. Yep. Decide to do it and do it. And just like shut up and do it. I don't care what like your best like because right now I can say what are your best lifts and you can tell me and they might as well all be zero because you've done them in the gym they yeah. don't fucking matter like you know and and it sounds so shitty but like that's the truth I, it's 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 the reality yes. right so 
And I've used this a couple times. Um, actually, a couple of those younger kids that used to come around the the doghouse um, that used to train when we were there. I don't know mm-hmm. if you remember those yeah. cats, but a couple of them asked me about, you know, first meet. I'm not ready. I'm this. I'm that. And uh, and then another kid at the gym that I, that I own now, like, said sort of the same thing. And I said the same thing to him. Looked right at him. Be like, I'm probably, like, one of the best lifters you've ever been around, right? right. Like, not trying to be a dick, but, like, right? right? I'm probably one of – and, and they're like, yeah. Like, what are my numbers? Right. And they're like, uh, they can't tell you. Yep. <laughs> and they can't tell you. And you're like, okay, like, cool. Like, if you don't know my numbers and I'm the best lifter you've ever met, why do you think that your numbers matter at all to anyone other than you? <laughs> just, yeah. just, just go. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? And it's not disrespect. It's like you could train. I said this to another kid at the doghouse one time. I was like, you could take the next two years and devote your life to this. And go and do your first meet, and your ninety nine percent chance you're not going to break a world record. And even if you do, the probability of anyone even noticing or giving a fuck is very minimal. Yeah, hundred percent. So just just go do one. Like you said, have fun. Look at the people who, you know, like like you've got two ears, two eyes, and one mouth for a fucking reason. Yeah. <laughs> like like watch and listen and shut the fuck up and just listen and and, and observe how the meet goes. Mm-hmm. And it's like it's almost exponential. When you go to your second meet, you feel like you're a pro. Oh, dude, I was literally just about to say that. Like you walk in the second time, like with some with some familiarity, and you're like, okay, like this is not that crazy. You know what I mean? It's like not that hard yes. to figure out what I got going on here. Yes, and then yeah, and then eventually the third meet or fourth meet, you get smacked down to size and realize you know nothing. <laughs> yeah, it happens to all of us. Yeah, <laughs> the dude, e- for sure. The ebb and flow of like thinking you're good. Yeah. Um. Well, shit, dude. I really appreciate you coming on and, and taking the time mm-hmm. to to chat with me. We uh, just to put it out there, like uh, Barbell Bills is. I don't know if you are you are you going to do a separate name for the embroidery stuff? Are you going to put it all together? Still working on that. That's what I'm I'm really working on right now is uh, being able to put out what the actual embroidery service will be. Um, Barbell cool. Bills will be a separate entity. Uh, it's kind of a passion project of mine. So um, sure. keep an eye out for that. And then through Barbell Bills, I will definitely be releasing more details as to when the service is, is fully up and running. We're kind of uh, by word of mouth right now. Um, but yeah, like I said, things will be kind of growing naturally. It's, it's the homie stuff. Like, so to put it out there, like I think when this comes out, I may have dropped like a promo photo, uh, but he's doing, uh, Brandon's handling the dad hats that we're putting out. Yep. I just got the pictures of them. They look fucking sick. Yeah, super um, stoked on that. Like I said, I appreciate that opportunity. Um, and I'm like I said, I'm just I'm stoked to be kind of uh, in the mix. You know what I mean? Happy to be yeah. a part of it. Well, I said I like I said to you, man. Like, and so everyone knows this. Like, <laughs> I would I like I like Brandon a lot. He's a homie, but I don't like him enough for him to do a shitty job on my stuff that I'm selling. So it's good. Like, you know what I'm right, saying? Yeah, like, yeah, I, for I, sure, for sure. Love you, bro. Love you, bro. But not enough to sacrifice that. So, uh, <laughs> That I'm really stoked because I know that the products are great and um, I'm looking forward to to watching your brand really like take off and and I'm stoked for you, dude. Yeah. So where can they uh, where can people get at you? Where can people find you um, if they want right now uh, hats and shit? I know you just did a pre order uh, or you dropped some beanies. Yep, just uh, dropped some beanies. Did the the black and gold like I've been wanting to do for a long time. Uh, but you can find me at Instagram. It's just at Barbell Bills. Um, and then my website is barbellbills.bigcartel.com. Um, 
keep an eye out. Like I said, pretty much Instagram right now is where I'll be promoting mostly. And I appreciate all the support. Like I said, this isn't a, uh, a business that I'm trying to, um, this is authentic to say the least is I guess all I'm trying to say. It's, it's, um, be passionate, be consistent. It's the whole thing that we've been talking about this whole time. So I love it. Are, do you keep stock in the store? Or no. So yes, I do. I have some stuff that'll be on there all the time. I do have some new hats that'll be coming out very soon. Um, but like I said, we're working through the ins and outs of putting out like a, a nice website and something that's, um, very user friendly and not just a, you know, a $10 service. So cool. like I said, keep an eye out for that. Cool, man. Well, I appreciate you. All right, guys, that's all we got for today. A little long winded, but like I said, we're trying to change shit up. I want to make sure that these podcasts don't get like boring for you guys and that uh, I can keep kind of evolving and making it fun. And also to be completely honest, I don't make any money on these. So I want to make sure it's fun for me too. Uh, <laughs> I want to have a good time. I only want to have people on that I fuck with. So I appreciate you guys. Make sure you are following my personal page, Anthony CW13. The trigger warning page is trigger underscore warning trigger underscore warning underscore conjugate um and then the gym page is anchor athletics nh make sure you follow all those pages along with barbell bills um i appreciate you guys that's all we got for today twc stay hated podcast they hated motherfuckers boom